Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I am your host, Frank Pedor. It is currently March 18th, 2022, 6.12 p.m. Eastern Time. And, uh, yeah, another podcast came out. Another one. This is episode 26 of the FSOF podcast. Oh, boy. As you may have noticed... The 25th episode of the podcast also came out earlier today, and I'll get to that shortly when I do my weekly update to you all. But yes, another week. Technically, two weeks, depending upon if you listen to this on a weekly basis. So a week to two have gone by. And I tell you what, it's... uh, Time is very interesting. How quickly, the older you get... It escapes you, how the days blend in with each other, how you recall certain details and you think that it happened yesterday, but really, that was four days ago. It's been slowly encroaching upon me as I age, being 30 now. And with two sleeping disorders, that is very much the case. Time seems to just meld together, day in and day out, week in and week out, and the only thing that you can take and grasp in order to be able to differentiate those days and those weeks apart from each other are the goals and the achievements that you set into place for yourself. The older you get, the more that I feel that this will be of great importance for you to be able to manage and hold on to time itself as the years go on. So, I hope this past week or two, since the last time you've listened to the podcast, that you have accomplished something within your life. You got another interview. You got that job. You landed a gig. You have auditions coming up. Something for you to be able to look forward to and to work towards. That is what is most important. Always keep working. Always keep bettering yourself. No matter how small or great that may be, craft and mold yourself into the person that you want to be. That is what is important. And I know, and I believe, that you can accomplish this. Just as I'm trying to go day in and day out to better myself, yes, sometimes all days are not like that. And that's absolutely fine. We are human. We are prone to fail. But through those failures, and through the analyzation of those failures, we then are able to improve ourselves and become who we wish and want and thrive to be. So, I'm proud of you. I hope you know that. You continue on being the best person that you can be for yourself. And in turn, eventually, that will start to help other people as well. So, here is to you, here is to me, Here is to the 26th episode of the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast, where I finish off my Templeton rye whiskey bottle that I got for my birthday. So, cheers. Good stuff. Good stuff. So... My weekly update to you. 
if you've been, you know, a part of my Discord, uh, Fapism Plays Discord, or a um, follower of my Twitch channel, Fapism Plays, you'll notice that my streaming schedule was not matched with actually streaming. <clears throat> we streamed yesterday, technically. We um, played Gears of War Judgment. But that previous Thursday, the 10th, I was supposed... I did stream. We streamed. Uh, Queen Shelby Stenai, my roommate, streamed and completed Gears of War 3, which is why we played Judgment yesterday. But on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I was supposed to stream. I did not. Because I went through some sort of... Um, some sort of just really bad depression and down. I lost sense of who I was. And it came so point where I was even contemplating putting a time limit on my life once my AD&D suicidal clause expired. I was like, if nothing better happens then, then maybe it's time. At least then whomever my beneficiary will be will benefit from that policy's payout. And looking back on it now, I was I was drunk, I was upset at life and myself and I'm just so impatient for things to happen. It's hard to look at the positives when you're being handed negative uh, outcome after negative outcome. And I know that, and I accept that. Now, I do. And I promise you, there is no portion in me that wishes to end myself. But, after uttering those words aloud, and scaring my roommate for very obvious reasons, uh, I just needed to take some time to be by myself, to not have to worry about streaming, because I was grinding for levels on Elden Ring, and even the process of grinding, which I I enjoy. I, I can spend hours on Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, Sekiro. I did spend hours grinding on Sekiro for levels just for the sake of getting platinum on it, which I did. I platinum on Bloodborne and Sekiro. I'm working on the rest of the Miyazaki games. But even in that instant, for that moment, how I was feeling, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to find any joy in that grinding session. And that's scary, uh, especially if you know me and how much of a gamer I am and how much I appreciate those Miyazaki games. I just, I couldn't find it. So I needed a lot of days off. Uh, to mentally recover. And I believe I have done so now. I believe I have revitalized and rekindled that. That want to still be around. And a part of it is because there are now things for me to be able to look forward to. Uh, for example, there are two auditions coming up 
in my life come next month. There's an audition on the 2nd, as well as the 30th. And on the 10th, there is a master class that I hope to be able to be a part of, and I believe I will. But those give me things to be able to look forward to and to work towards, as I mentioned previously. I now have a new monologue, which I have been brushing up for this audition on the 2nd, and I'll pick a new one for the 30th, because I always want to keep a rotation of monologues to learn new lines, new characters, create more imaginative uh, characters so that I can better emote these lines. And in addition to that, I actually have a gig coming up. Uh, one of my old buddies back in high school, we've known each other for Oh, goodness. When did I go to high school? I was in high school in 2006. So I've known this gentleman for some time now. He contacted me saying that he wanted to utilize my voice for a project for his workplace, which is a national company. And of course, I said yes. And this will be the second time that he has put me to work for his company. And I am extremely grateful for that. Whether or not he listens to this podcast or not, I don't know. But, sir, if you are listening, thank you very much. And thank you for always keeping my voice in mind. So, I have things to look forward to. But in addition to that, I know that I need to create a vocal reel. So I have gathered today a bunch of commercial and potential scripts in order to be able to use to create a vocal reel for my agent, for myself. My agent can then use that vocal reel to hopefully attract other connections, which she has, and then I can use it for myself, for my website, and for local businesses around here. So, that is what has helped me come back to being positive again. Yes, things have are in motion and happening for me, but while I'm waiting for those moments to come through for me to put everything to it. At least I have the time and the want to work for it. So if you need something for you to be able to like, well, I don't have something to look forward to in order for me to feel as if I need to keep going, create something for yourself. Whatever it is, if you put on a, if you're a musician, you're struggling to get a gig, don't stop practicing, keep practicing. And even if it's just one piece, even if it's just a warm-up routine, put on a show for someone, a roommate, a friend, a family member. But don't give up and always utilize the gifts which you have inherited since birth. So that is my encouragement to you, and that is my weekly update. Oh, one last thing before I end the weekly update. Want to hear something interesting? And I'm going to call these people directly out. As of two days ago, I received an email from a woman. I won't say her specific name. I will say, however, that she works for this app called Wisdom. And they emailed my Gmail account, one of them, not even the right email account, because they were inquiring about this podcast. The FSOF podcast has its own email account, but they found my private email account in order to email me on. But they basically work for an app called Wisdom. 
and they want me to subject my podcasts to this whole app. It says, and I will read it to you verbatim. Hey, won't you please claim your podcast on Wisdom? I'm impressed by your pod and want your unique voice on Wisdom. The Wisdom app is a great way to grow your listeners while engaging in conversations that matter. We're venture-backed, which means they have a lot of money. Here to stay and doing things no one else is. We know podcasting. We love the intimacy and we want to make podcasting social. So transform your listeners into a community. Let them share, like, and comment on your talks. Answer their questions. Give them special live shows. And track it all with creator-friendly analytics. Join us. It's free and we need you. If this ever gets edited into an animation, just put me as Uncle Sam pointing directly into the camera and breaking the fourth wall. Our goal is not to have every podcast on wisdom, is to have the wisest podcasters. And we want you and the Frankly Speaking on Friday's podcast on wisdom. Can I please send you the link so you can claim your podcast and start growing your listeners? I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. Sincerely, so-and-so female of wisdom. P.S. If you prefer not to receive the email about your podcast, please let me know or reply stop. Their logo didn't even load up correctly. So here's the thing. I did some research on this business. And it's not worth my time. It's not worth your time. If you also have received this from what I have gathered from what I have read, they pay their quote unquote talent in gift cards. And it seems as if you need to be a specialty and speak on one topic for your wisdom to be on wisdom. So I wouldn't bring this up because I received an email from this woman two days ago, but then I received an email from the exact same woman three hours ago, following up on, hey, did you get my last email? But what makes it worse, and the reason why I bring it up on the podcast to begin with, not only to warn you of scams and scammers such as this and this app and this company, but an hour ago, literally an hour ago, I received another likewise email from a different individual, a male, from this app. I have since blocked both of their emails and labeled them as spam, which is what they are. So, if you are going into podcasts, have a hot podcast, or going into it, do not fall for this. Do what you think is right for yourself, which is what I'm doing. And to you wisdom people who may or may not actually listen to this podcast, I dare you. Try and email me again. See if you actually listen and care about what I have to bring. Your move, wisdom assholes. So, let's move on to what I actually want to talk about. Who here knows and loves Minecraft? Who knows about the game? Who enjoys playing it? Who keeps up with updates and with um, with the fun new additions which just are continuously coming out? If you're raising your hand, good for you. I, I guess I have mine up. But let me ask you this. Who's been paying attention to the migration um, or the merging 
What the hell do they call it? Yeah, the migration. Who's been paying attention to the migration? Who has migrated? Because, well, let me tell you this much, you have no choice but to do so now. And I want to talk about, briefly, Mojang Studios and Microsoft forcing Mojang Minecraft accounts to become Microsoft accounts. So I have found an article which briefly goes over this. And of course, you will find this article in the description below. But I found one from windowscentral.com, written by a Zachary. And it says, and it was written this year, eight days ago, on the 10th of March, 2022. It says Mojang Studios begins its mandatory Microsoft account requirement for Minecraft Java Edition. Java Edition being the most popular used and played Minecraft. Uh, uh, just, just Minecraft. Like there's regular Minecraft, there's Minecraft uh, Java Edition, and then there's Minecraft Dungeons. But Minecraft Dungeons is more like Minecraft's attempt of being Diablo, essentially. <clears throat> so they write uh let's see what you need to know like there's an update is central time mojang studios has begun rolling out mandatory migration to microsoft accounts just keep in mind that mojang sold minecraft and itself to microsoft back in 2014 i want to say for 1.2 billion dollars if i remember correctly so, it says what you need to know. In the past, Minecraft Java Edition players have used specialized Mojang accounts to access their game. Mojang Studios announced in 2020 its intention to migrate all these accounts to Microsoft accounts for security, <laughs> integration, and more. On Friday, the company announced the deadline for migrating your account voluntarily is March 10th, 2022. After March 10th, a Microsoft account will be required to access and play Minecraft Java Edition on PC. So, pause for a second. If you're not even a huge gamer or a gamer at all, I'm more than certain you have heard of Minecraft and its popularity, not only amongst children, but also amongst adults and YouTubers and streamers. There are dedicated accounts and channels that do nothing but Minecraft. They make thousands of dollars every single month, every single video, every single stream. Minecraft is huge within the gaming world. And so we're talking about millions upon millions of accounts being forced to go from their Mojang accounts to a Microsoft account. Some people who don't even have Microsoft accounts are now being forced to have one. Let me continue with the article. Near the end of 2022, Mojang Studios, the creators of Minecraft, announced its latest efforts to integrate into its partner company, Microsoft. This meant the retiring of Mojang accounts, 
used by players to access and play Minecraft Java Edition and the Minecraft Launcher on PC, and migrating users to more secure and seamless Microsoft accounts. On Friday, the company revealed the deadline for this migration. After March 10th, 2022, a Microsoft account will be required to play Minecraft Java Edition. Players now have a limited amount of time to voluntarily migrate their older Mojang accounts before they are required to sign in with a Microsoft account in order to play Minecraft. This is the completion of the extended process announced back in October 2022. See, the couple of key words that bother me is voluntarily migrate. Is like, is there a benefit to volunteering? And the fact that they allowed it for so long, which it, with it previously being announced back in October 2022, this is important and keep that in mind. Continuing on, fortunately, the process for migration for migrating your account is painless and comes with various benefits for doing so. Here's what you need to know. There's no fee or cost to migrating and it only takes a few minutes to complete. An option to begin the migration process will appear in the Minecraft Launcher or Minecraft website when, whenever you log in. Minecraft Java Edition is still completely supported and unchanged, and all your saved data, world's profile information, even mods remain fully intact and migrate seamlessly. You'll gain added security through, the Microsoft, through a Microsoft account, including the option for full two-factor authorization. You'll also gain added online privacy and safety through a Microsoft account with plenty of additional options and settings to customize. A Microsoft account can be used to access a variety of services with one login, including Minecraft Java Edition, Minecraft Bedrock Edition, and Minecraft Dungeons through the Microsoft Launcher. I know I'm trying to sound happy and giddy. That's exactly what they're trying to go for. Continuing on, once you've completed the migration process, you'll be gifted a free cape as a reward for your in-game character. You can redeem this cape at any point, even if you don't migrate until after the deadline has passed, at which point you will no longer be, which will no longer be optional. If you don't have a Microsoft account, it's recommended that you create one for free before March 10th rolls around to make the process even easier. In case you missed it, Minecraft Java Edition is now available through PC Game Pass, meaning one of the best PC games is more accessible alongside Mojang's other Minecraft games and a newly unified Minecraft launcher. With the migration of aging Mojang accounts to Microsoft accounts nearing completion, Mojang Studios is integrated a little more into Microsoft and Xbox Game Studios family. And they show a, a tweet from Minecraft. So, sounds easy, sounds painless, sounds great, right? Nothing is going to change, nothing is going to... Uh, everything's going to be intact, all my mods, all my worlds, all my settings. I just have to create a Microsoft account and just migrate over, right? That easy, right? So, if you don't know sarcasm that is what i read that article with because it's absolute sarcasm and the reason why it is absolute sarcasm is because 
of this next article. This is probably the first time I have ever referenced Reddit. And I know of Reddit. I'm familiar with Reddit. Especially their um, Rage comics, which first introduced me to it. And then, of course, you know, stories of the front desk and other subreddits of that nature. Well, here's what brings me to the mm, sarcasm, disappointment, and overall failure of Mojang and Microsoft. This subreddit was created, well, I don't know when the subreddit itself was created, but the link that is in the description below for this Reddit subsection is r-minecraft. Someone posted uh, by the username of ccheese118, do I have to buy Minecraft again after migration? They write, I migrated my account and now it says to access the entire Minecraft Java edition with this account, head over to our website, buy the game, continue your Minecraft adventure. Do I really have to buy it again? Help. I already play played once before, just today it says I have to buy it. And a lot of people that are a part of this thread, this forum, for months, Uh, the last person to have done so was 11 days ago when the original comment was six months ago. And again, keep in mind, they mentioned initially this migration in October of 2020. But a lot of these things are, uh, are pretty, uh, there, there's a pattern here. Some say a... Some says, ah, try giving it a few days. Mine did the same thing, but after a while, it properly synced up accounts and realized the transfer. Someone said, thanks. How long did you wait? Waiting three weeks, nothing happened on my PC where I migrated. I can play Minecraft with multi-MC at another launcher, but this is not working anymore. Same. Um, <clears throat> what I have done and what a lot of... <laughs> Windows and Mojang support, if Mojang support even exists anymore, I don't think it is. I think it's just solely and strictly Windows. Windows just basically says, oh, no, it works. Go ahead and just follow these steps. And when you follow those steps, the result is the same. Log out, log in, you know, what have you. It will still say you have to purchase the game. Uh, yeah, it's on my Microsoft account. It says I need to buy it when I try log uh, when I try to log in with the Microsoft account, it says something went wrong in the login process. I'm trying to download Minecraft on a different device after migration. Still says I have to buy it again. Five months ago, any fixes yet? Um, someone says, so I buy Minecraft again with my migrated account. It will keep all my stuff I had on my servers, right? Well, I'm not sure if that's a statement or a question mark. Punctuation is important. Uh, see, I migrated 30 minutes before, and I can play with multi-Minecraft, but not with Minecraft Launcher. Waited three weeks, and it's still no work. Let's see. So I bought Minecraft last year on a Mojang account, and now I'm trying to play it on another device, but it says I don't own it. 
Yeah, so I migrated my account to my already existing Microsoft account, but in the launcher it says I own Java Edition on my jo Mojang account, which I can no longer log into. What the actual fuck is wrong with this? Why do they have to screw everything up with this migration bullshit? Yeah, and then the one 21 days ago. Uh, yeah, no, fuck this. Fuck Minecraft. I've had over four years of progress on one world because of one fucking migration. I lost all of that, and I have to buy the game again. Thank you, Microsoft and Mojang. So, here's the thing. I've been playing Minecraft. I've had a Mojang account for a long time. Basically, a couple of years um, after it came out, I believe, is when I first got it. And I, I bought it for very cheap. Like, I was essentially grandfathered in to Minecraft. And when I went ahead to do my migration, it is telling me that I have to buy the game again. I actually... As an early birthday gift to my roommate, Queen Shell Beast, uh, who Minecraft means a lot more to her than it does to me. She went ahead and migrated her account from Mojang to Microsoft, and it was not working. It was not recognizing her credentials at first for about an hour or so, and then eventually recognized her credentials for her Microsoft credentials, I mind you. And then I was telling her that she had to purchase the game again. And why? Why should any of us already have to purchase a game from Mojang that Microsoft bought from Mojang, meaning they probably should have had and maintained all those profits as well. And now all of us are having to purchase it again. Not all. I should say, but that's the problem. It is not all. Why should we have to purchase a game that we've been playing for years again at a much inflated price? Here's the other thing. The reason why Mojong means so much to my roommate, Queen Shelby, is that last comment that I wrote he had, or this uh, individual, has had that one world for four years. My roommate had that world, her first initial Minecraft world, for eight years. And has been working on it. I played on that world. But, I purchased it. Um, her, for her early birthday gift, a... Um, that Minecraft game through Microsoft, which again, I shouldn't have had to buy it for her. She shouldn't have had to buy it for herself. But I did, because this really upset her. And upon it actually recognizing, okay, this is your Microsoft account, yes, you did purchase it, it backed up most of her worlds. That first one for eight years, was gone. She suspects it's because it was a customized and a modified world, which unfortunately makes sense. But at the same time, Microsoft and Mojang said that your worlds would be saved. 
The other reason why this upset her so much is because Shelby has expressed on her mixology streams and as well as on my streams of gaming, and I even think a couple of times when she was on this podcast, that she does have ADD as well as OCD. And something that Minecraft does is actually aid someone with these things. And considering that that was her reaction of her losing her Minecraft, her escape from this world and just her being able to mentally relax and vent through playing this game. That is just one case. What about all of those thousands, if not millions, of people with ADD and OCD, or even worse, who may have lost their worlds and their accounts because of this migration? It is one thing for gamers such as myself, who do not, who do not suffer so, from such... Uh, Um, um, mental illnesses or, or mental ailments because I, I have yet to purchase it. My being grandfathered in means nothing. I still have to purchase the game again. And I'm going to try and wait for as long as I possibly can before I need to play Minecraft for either my own needs or for streaming or video purposes. But I can do that. I don't need the game. I don't find the game to be a mental escape for me. But I know that millions of people do. And it is heartbreaking to think that because of potential laziness and greed, that Microsoft would not allow those people for their accounts and all their worlds intact to transfer over and to force them to pay for the game again. They have had since October of 2020 to make sure that this migration would be smooth for millions and millions of accounts, and they have failed. The reason why so many people didn't meet that deadline is because Microsoft doesn't have good accounts. Microsoft doesn't have good security. Why do you think I have... Uh, I have a Gmail accounts for security because it's better. Because at least my Gmail account communicates properly and instantaneously when I know that I have had a lot of problems with, with my own Microsoft account just for it to be able to send passwords to me when I can't remember it. That is like a day process for me to be able to get my password switched out. And when Queen Shelby's and I wanted to play Gears of War together, she had to create a new Microsoft account, which took us about 45 or 50 minutes live on stream doing the exact same repetitive tasks over and over again for her to be able to be able to play a game because she couldn't have her account or play we couldn't play gears of war unless she had a microsoft account that is ridiculous 
that is not user-friendly, you may debate that security, but when security causes the user to, to be hindered from what they just want to play a fucking game, that is not user-friendly. That is not good. So this is what I want to talk about for the rest of the stream. I have found articles which connect mental wellness with Minecraft. And I never actually realized that uh, Minecraft was actually being used as a mental tool for therapy for people of anxiety, anxiety disorders, people with Asperger's, people with OCD, people with um, ADD. And it's astounding. So I have come up with, oh, I didn't come up with these articles. Um, my very temporary producer, Queen Shelby, is my roommate. I asked her, you know, if you can find credible articles for me to be able to reference as far as what you experienced and what is, what is healthy about the mentality of playing Minecraft, then I will, I will share it. And so here we are, because not only is it affecting a very large community, it is also affecting individuals on a very personal level, level, level. And speaking of which, the level that Minecraft's influence and presence on Twitch has dropped tremendously, like, holy crap, uh, if you follow Minecraft on Twitch, you know, you, you get updates or you're able to like search it and you get the stats for, for Minecraft when it's being streamed, how many people are streaming it, how many people are watching streamers in total stream this game, Minecraft specifically. It used to be over 100,000 people watching it. We checked it today. It is below. <laughs> it is below like 49K. It has dropped halfway of its presence and influence on Twitch. That is huge. That is monstrously huge. I'm sure the, I don't, I'm not affiliated with the community directly, but I can only imagine the disgust that they are feeling from this migration being forced to have Microsoft accounts for Microsoft's own greed and pockets. So let me go ahead and link to you uh, this article here. This is an article which is um, by elemental.medium.com and is by a Jeremy Sutton or a Dr. Jeremy Sutton who writes, Minecraft does good things for your brain. Exploring and building in a virtual world develops memory and spatial awareness. It says, standing between us and the castle was a red knight with a sword. He appeared angry. And as much as a heavily pixelated figure can show emotion and was headed in our direction, I turned to my daughter and suggested we take a different, less confrontational path. She nodded, and we hurried along the far side of a large lake. This was the first time my young daughter and I had entered the 3D virtual world of Minecraft. The images are simple. The scenery, the buildings, and the characters are all made up of colored blocks. And yet the game is vast, and the first-person perspective is immense. It must be, 
Figures released by Microsoft last year, who bought the game from creators Mojang in 2014, claim 112 million people enter the virtual world of Minecraft every month. It is the best-selling video game of all time. Indeed, it has been so popular that a new augmented reality version known as Minecraft Earth has also been released. And yet just last year, the World Health Organization recognized excessive gaming as a risk to mental health. Dr. Susumu Higuchi, addiction specialist at Kurihama Medical and Addiction Center in Japan, sees patients who are, quote, are generally unable to limit the game they the time they spend gaming and continue to play despite negative consequences, end quote, he says. But the risks must be balanced against the potential benefits of interaction in an imagined world. What does time spent exploring a virtual world have on the human brain? A recent study by neurobiologist Gregory Clemenson and his team at the University of California, Irvine, attempted to provide the answer. Quote, we previously found that playing the 3D video game Super Mario 3D World Tour for two weeks could improve hippocampus-associated memory, end quote, says Clemenson. The hippocampus, the region of the brain embedded deep within the temporal lobe, is responsible for forming long-term memories and spatial awareness. Such functionings is both key to both cognitive development in children and the management of daily tasks in adults. A young child has to find their way around the house and an adult must locate their car keys and plan a route to work. A poorly functioning hippocampus can cause problems in day-to-day -day functioning. Quote, individuals with mild cognitive impairment display a loss of hippocampal volume, indicating that the hippocampus also plays a role in the maintenance of normal cognitive functioning, says Courtney Gilchrist, a researcher at RMIT University, Melbourne, in a 2018 article appearing in The Lancet. And yet, appropriate learning and experiences can positively impact the brain. Quote, the hippocampus has been shown to be particularly susceptible to environmental enrichment, which affects ranging from the generation of new hippocampal neurons and synapses to increase expression of neuro neurotrophic factors, <laughs> says Clemenson. Or to put it simply, time spent engaging with one's environment impacts the physical structure and connections in the brain. Like life, there are no clear rules, no right or wrong, no winning or losing. The choices made become the game. Research into London taxi drivers who on average take two years to learn the complicated tangle of London streets in order to pass the entrance exam known as the knowledge reveals highly developed memory centers among this population. Quote, our results suggest that the mental map of the city is stored in the posterior hippocampus and is accommodated by an increase in tissue volume, says neuroscientist Eleanor McGuire of University College London. For his team's follow-on follow study, Clemenson chose Minecraft because he wanted to test people in a gaming environment that could be controlled, but that reflected the limitless complexity of everyday life. Minecraft provides an endlessly unfolding landscape where players can interact with one another and their environment. Like life, there are no clear rules, no right or wrong, no winning or losing. The choices made become the game. Quote, it is a simple, endless, open world filled with mountains, deserts, forests, and oceans for users to explore, create, and make their own, 
says Clemenson. For two weeks, 82 newly trained participants in the follow-up study, neither regular gamers nor those familiar with Minecraft, played for 45 minutes a day. They were each giving an in identical environment, without enemies, and asked either to build or explore. The online death of their character only occurred from falling off a cliff or swimming in lava. Just like in the real world, bad choices and accidents turn out to be life-limiting. Playing video games in virtual environments can be used to develop and maintain the function, the functioning of both memory and spatial awareness. Players were rated according to the amount they explored on a daily basis and their success in a memory test known as the mnemonic similarity task after two weeks, a standard approach used by cognitive scientists to score the function of the hippocampus. This involved matching Im images presented to them in a test phase against images previously seen in a learning phase. Some were novel, while others were similar to those previously seen. According to Clemenson, their research, quote, found an improvement in hippocampus-associated memory from pre-test to post-test, end quote. Similarly, similarly <laughs> quote, the degree of improvement was tied to both the amount of exploration of the Minecraft world and the complexity of the structures built within Minecraft, end quote. Clemenson's research suggests that playing video games in virtual environments can be used to develop and maintain the functioning of both memory and spatial awareness. The richer the environment and the engagement, the greater the mental benefits. With this in mind, there is potential to use virtual worlds to help those who are less mobile or having deteriorating memories. The study was repeated in 2019, with 50 older adults with an average age of 68.5. Clemenson found that, quote, playing video games for four weeks can improve hippocampal-based memory in a population that is already experiencing age-relented decline in this memory. End quote. He says, the findings highlighted... The findings highlight the real potential of using video games as a therapeutic intervention for age-related cognitive decline, he says. Excuse me. So, obviously, that has great benefits of all ages. Just being able to have the freedom to do whatever you want. Now, that he was doing these experiments on what seemed to be uh, normally functioning individuals other than the 68.5 average age group, because obviously age does a lot of things to the human body and especially the human mind. So how are therapists using this? Well, they're using it in a lot of ways, actually. Um, as this article proclaims within, uh, businessinsider.com and, it is rather interesting. This was written by a Stefano Montali, January 5th of this year at 10.52 a.m. Quote, this therapist uses games like Minecraft to treat patients, and he's trying to make the method catch on. Um, skipping the highlighting points of the article. It says, for four years, Michael Keaty swung a sledgehammer while building railroads around Australia after dropping out of high school. The hours of manual labor were cathartic, he told Insider. But today you won't find Keaty working outdoors unless, it's, unless it includes roaming a fictional island in popular online game Fortnite. That's because Keaty is a so-called nerd 
therapists. He uses role-playing games like Dungeons and & Dragons and Minecraft to connect with his patients who range from 6 to 60 years old and whose conditions include social anxiety and autism. I spoke to Kidi recently. His Zoom avatar, a selfie with an animated creature perched upon his shoulder, reminiscent of Ash Ketchum and Pikachu from Pokemon, instantly confirms his website's long-life nerd claim. But he said this geeky side had never been a part of his professional life until his experience on the railroads. There, he said work, quote, was very isolating because you were away from home for up to four weeks at a time. End quote. Co-workers often dealt with mental health issues while on the job, and organizations like Mates in Construction were brought in to speak about recognizing symptoms of, de of depression and addiction. Quote, they just come and give us a crash course in mental health, Keedy said. And I realized that was actually something I'd been interested in doing, end quote. So after his railroad contract ended, Keedy went to college and graduated with a bachelor's degree in psychology. In June 2020, he opened his own practice as a registered therapist in Perth. Around this time, Keedy often read posts inside therapist Facebook groups, professionals asking, can someone explain Pokemon to me? I work with a lot of kids who really like it. Similar questions about games, something that he knew a lot about, also appeared in the group, and Keedy sensed an opportunity. In September 2020, he started the blog The Nerd Therapist, but didn't immediately link it to his therapy practice because he was wary of being pigeonholed or seen as unprofessional. Anakiti explained the different role-playing games specifically for mental health professional audience. For a mental health professional audience. Quote, I wanted to say, if you work with young people but you don't share their interests, that's okay. Here is your clinical resource. End quote. Within weeks, 500 professionals were following the blog's Facebook page. Kitty was shocked by the response. Quote, I had no negative comments and was engaging with people who have really respectable job titles, he said. People from autism, activity groups, child protection, clinical psychologists. I thought, okay, I might be onto something here. Kitty dove in headfirst. Quote, I went public, he said. I changed my practice's name to Counseling with Mike and the blog from Nerd Therapist to something a bit more clinical, pop culture competence. A year later, end quote, a year later, he now also runs therapy programs like Role of Growth, which uses Dungeons and Dragons, and Mindfulness with Mike, which, cent which centers around Minecraft. Playing video games during therapy sessions help patients open up about their issues, quote, because they're engaged and don't feel interrogated, Kitty said. Traditional therapists, Kitty added, often consider video games to be the problem. Quote, kids just get another adult telling them what they're doing is wrong, end quote. He said, quote, it's incredibly frustrating to have their interests disrespected by adults around them, end quote. Kitty instead tries to meet kids where they are. Quote, a lot of people I work with haven't wanted to go to therapy or they've left sessions halfway through, he said. But with me, it's working and they are wanting to come, end quote. The work comes naturally to Kitty because he loves playing the games himself. In his method, games are the entry point, not the problem. 
For example, in a game of D&D, Kitty might ask questions like, why did you decide to go to war with that guy? Or what are you finding you're good at? By doing this, Kitty said patients build a reflective process that can be used in the real world long after the game is over. Alongside his practice, Kitty is writing three books that he hopes will help similar people. One is a self-help book with a nerdy flavor. Another is an unofficial D&D adventure guide he calls The Curse of the Black Dog, which is a reference to a metaphor commonly used for depression and anxi or, or anxiety. In the future, Kitty hopes to have a study done on his work and to find statistical backing. He also hopes that he will become more open to this. Um, he hopes that people, rather, will become more open to this method of therapy and is using tools like Reddit AMAs where users ask questions of a special guest and get them answered to work toward that goal. But the present looks good, too. Kitty recently went full-time, and he's excited. He gets to be himself, a nerdy guy who likes games and helps others at the same time. His favorite piece of advice, he said, is to be, is to, quote, be who you needed when you were younger. As Kitty sees it, he's doing just that. I think that is lovely. And I think it's really interesting that a man who dropped out of college, uh, dropped out of high school, went to college in order to get a degree in psychiatry in order to be able to use video games as a method to help people. It kind of makes me wonder, I know we're focusing specifically on Minecraft because it is an open world, but how else can that expand? How can something like this be used? And what does it say about other people who play nothing but first-person shooters, about third-person shooters, about turn-by-turn -turn strategy games, card games? Where are the limitations of utilizing people's interests in a therapeutic way? Now, again, I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, Mojang and Microsoft's failures of their migration of all those accounts that are lost or people who are really needing to, or being forced, not needing, being forced to purchase the game again. How unfair is that for people and for, um, for Kitty, who has a practice with it? How many patients of his were devastated by the fact that they weren't able to log into their Mojang account because of this migration? How many of them lost their world? How many of them are destroyed because they, they bit the bullet, they bought the game again, and the migration failed to migrate their work over? How devastated are those individuals because that is a part of them that is a pure representation of their progress their mind their thought process their reactions and their emotions poof gone just like that and more money in microsoft's pocket moving on to the next article uh it is shorter but it also goes along the exact same lines of what we have been talking about with this theme. And I find that it is equally as important for me to share this as the previous one. Uh, 
This one comes therapyfocus.org.au. And it says a team of therapists are using the popular computer game Minecraft to help children and teenagers with disability work on their social communication goals. It says therapy focus occupational therapist Olaf Falkmer was introduced to Minecraft by a teenager he previously worked with, and it occurred to him that the game could be an effective way for children and teenagers who enjoy the game to still work on skills such as teamwork, turn-taking, patience, resilience, play, and communication. Olaf said that playing Minecraft with others online requires social interaction, collaboration, and communication to achieve a shared goal. Quote, Minecraft ref reflects life situations in many ways when it comes to social exchanges. You have to pause to see the other to see how the other player is doing, follow visual cues, and consider what they might be thinking. You also have to follow instructions, ask questions, and use your communication skills to achieve your goal. End quote. Olaf approached IT consultants at Lumity Technology Solutions with an idea to create a Minecraft server that could be used by therapy-focused customers whose ther therapy goals included improving social play and communication skills. Quote, the team at Lumity did an incredible job in setting up a Minecraft server where our customers and staff can operate safely. IT consultant Jet even designed a digital uniform with a purple therapy-focused shirt that we therapists wear when playing, end quote Olaf said. Therapists and customers both log on to Minecraft and talk to each other through Microsoft Teams, which Therapy Focuses uses to deliver tele uh, teletherapy services. Gaming therapy uses principles whereby each player has a specific role to play and work to achieve a shared goal. Using Minecraft, a player is either a builder, a miner, or a guard. Goals include building a shelter for the night, finding a sustainable food source, and setting up a mining station. Therapy-focused speech pathologist Rebecca Kipax said that the benefits of using Minecraft in a therapeutic capacity are numerous. Quote, Minecraft really is an excellent tool to facilitate social communications. Participants have to plan their mission with their therapist before they begin the task using social interactions and establishing shared goals and rules, she said. They have to con communicate what they are doing and why they are doing it, and they have to modify their message for other listeners if they see that the other person is confused. The game also breaks down distances. A therapist can play with two participants, one from Perth and the other from Besselton, for example. There, are, there is real potential to roll out gaming therapy into rural and regional areas of Australia. End quote. So that by itself speaks wonders with a little bit of communication, a little bit of self-interest and the willingness for therapists to be able to acknowledge the fact of this game's influence amongst their, their clients. I think that says a lot. And honestly, I didn't actually think a whole lot. It wasn't until, you know, last week. I didn't actually think a whole lot about video games being utilized as therapeutic. Yes, my roommate has said to me, you know, this helps me, like, satisfy that itch for me to be OCD. I mean, she would tell me, 
You know, she spent literally an hour just digging up dirt in order to flatten an area or do this or that, and it helps. Uh, again, being someone that doesn't have that, it is hard for me to be able to relate and to understand, but God, I believe her. I absolutely believe her. So, something else that I will link is um, a movie. Uh, not a movie, a video on YouTube from the channel called Screen Therapy. And Screen Therapy kind of digs in a little bit deeper as to why Minecraft is being used at such a capacity. And it makes a whole lot of sense. And if you have the time, it's only, you know, it's a little less than seven minutes, but it's it's rather educational as to how and why they are using this. But with that said, I hope you've learned something. And I hope that you find that not only is mental illness absolutely a serious issue, given my past week of just not wanting to play games, finding no satisfaction with games, and considering putting a time limit on my life, I know it's not a joke. And that goes with all of the capacities of it. Um, and obviously, ADD and OCD, it, it plays quite an impact on people of all different levels, but I never really considered how much of a benefit a video game could be. Like, I use video games to relax, but I don't think I've ever used a video game in order to satisfy a mental itch, such as OCD. So I am happy and I'm glad that Minecraft is helping these individuals out in such a way and in such a large capacity. I just wish that companies such as Mojang and Microsoft knew about this, would consider it more highly and be fair about the impact of their games and how such a migration can be detrimental, not only to their pocket, as the decline of Minecraft's presence on Twitch has obviously shown, but the devastation that it can cause on a single person to a hundred thousand, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are using this game as a tool for better mental health. So, I hope you've learned something. I wish to all of you, not to quote Fraser Crane, to have good mental health. Take care of yourselves. Because uh, we all need it and we all deserve it. So thank you for listening to the podcast. This is the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast, episode 26. You can find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget you can email the podcast if you have suggestions of topics, interesting articles you wish to share to me, or you just want to say hello. You can email me at fsofpodcasts at gmail.com, and you very well may hear your article or recommended topic being uh, said here live and on the podcast after the fact. So thank you again for listening. Take care of yourselves. Keep practicing. And until next week for the FSOF podcast, au revoir.